Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me, as always, is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Well, folks, we are back again, and you might even be hearing some crispier audio from the Darth himself as we finally got him uh, got him his setup, man. Got got you got you everything to to, <laughs> to you know get good get good scrub or noob. Yes, I might sound. Noob Cybot. <laughs> well, I'll if it sounds like the same old audio, then it means that for some reason something went very, very wrong. <laughs> yes, and you're actually recording me through the same methods we always do. Yeah. But we'll hopefully ch- I feel a little less monotone to you, you know, just a little crisper. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Um, so, wow, we have a lot of stuff to go over here today. We've got Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule finally up uh, in the chamber here. Um, man, very interesting. We got a lot to talk about with this book and, uh, spoilers. We're, I I think before we, we get, get started, we're not going to like go through line by line and let's be honest, there are so many names. It wouldn't take much (laughs) if you didn't actually repeat anything, there wouldn't be much to go over. (laughs) Yeah. There are so many names, so many places, so much to do. Uh, really encourage you to read it. Actually, got on the New York Times uh, bestseller list, so that's a that's a pretty uh, yeah. cool accomplishment uh, for a Star Wars book. Um, but we have some news we're going to talk about, and then we'll talk about the book. Uh, so yeah, let's just get started. How's your week been? Oh, not too bad. How about yours? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Pretty pretty typical. Pretty typical week. You know, I had a fist fight with uh with one of the postal workers, you know. Had to had to beat him up a little bit, you know. Was it like that episode of Family Guy with the chicken? <laughs> Was it that kind of fist exactly. fight? Exactly. All through the mail room, letters going everywhere, boxes being used as weapons. Now, you, you know, for I had to send a package and it was a little bigger because like a few post offices around me have those automatic kiosks that you can just go up to and print your stuff out. And uh, mm-hmm. but this package was too big for the kiosk. I knew it was going to be too big, like too long for the kiosk to like measure on. It's, it's really stupid. So anyway, um, <laughs> I get up there and you know, I put the return address on the box, but you know, the way I, I've always sent packages at this place is that you give them the address and they print out a big sticker thing. Right. Well, she said, you have to write the address on the box. I was like, why? I, I give it to you. You print out. It's like, no, we don't print that out. We just print out like a tracking label. You have to write it on there. I was like, well, that's new. And I don't know, maybe it's not. I just remember never having to do that. But anyway, so okay, whatever. And then I went to write it on the box, and she said, "No, you have to, you have to do it on this side." And I was like, <laughs> "Listen here, new new person." No, no, a new person. it was not a new person either. Uh, it just, I don't know. Things do change. Obviously, I get that. But no, I, I was probably mm-hmm. more more of an a hole than what I needed to be. But it, it's just, you know. I have been very forgiving of our United States Postal Service, and we we should be, um, especially here in Ohio. There were nodes that were shut down. There were trucks that were you know literally just sitting, uh, trailers just being dropped and not being unloaded. Um, but you know, I don't care. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. There's just been a lot of w- crazy stuff going on, and 
Um, but I didn't like, I didn't actually fist fight the person. I didn't yell at them or anything. I was just, I was probably a little bit more snippy than what I needed to be. So I, I felt kind of bad afterwards. And then immediately after I said, no, wait, I don't feel bad at all. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you ready to talk a little Star Wars news? We haven't really been able to talk about like Star Wars news in a while. Yeah, it's been pretty dry for quite a That's while. That's crazy. I mean, last week we talked about, uh, we, we got back in um, the New Jedi Order, and man, that mm-hmm. episode actually wound up being a little shorter than some of our episodes because there wasn't really anything to go over except for the book. Right. But now we... Which usually we spend, at least when we were doing those frequently, we were spending half of the podcast just on Jedi Council yeah. and Newsnet and all that. So it's a big change. I mean, unfortunately, there's been so much rumors and speculation going around that there's not a true news to go over, and we don't typically go with rumors and speculation. So Yeah, exactly. Well, at any rate, we do have some here. So let's talk about some news. Uh, the first is... <laughs> I don't know if we want to call it Lucasfilm Games or Lucas Games or Lucasfilm Games, but having this, you know, apparent partnership with Ubisoft to create um, like a, they're saying a story-driven open world Star Wars game. Mm -hmm. So So an Assassin's Creed (sighs) Star Wars game. You know, let's let's get it right, okay? Skyrim was awesome, okay? Skyrim is still yeah, a game yeah. that I can jump into right now and play and have a great time with. It was an awesome game, and it was truly open world. When you look at something like, oh, I don't know, like Red Dead. Red Dead mm-hmm. is open world, but the story is very linear. You have to do it in Rockstar. Yes. It is Rockstar that does that, correct? I don't want to... Yeah. It is Rockstar. Yeah, okay, is. sorry. I, I don't want to confuse that about it. But Rockstar has this plan. You have to do it this way yeah. and not any other way. It's a well-done plan, and they, they actually do very good with that formula. Yeah. But it's not usually what you go with with an open-world game. Yeah. but And the thing is, there are people out there who want to experiment with ways to get to the end. So they don't want... They, they want different yeah. paths. And that's something that Skyrim did pretty well. So when you say a story-driven open world and Ubisoft, come on, log into our Ooh servers for your Ooh points on your Ooh crates. Sorry, I yes. I have I have like zero respect for Ubisoft, but whatever. I mean, it's better than flipping EA or Dice or something. I mean, well, I will say <sighs> that even though they have that service, they don't make you feel like you have to use it to actually enjoy yeah. the game. That's the only good thing. EA has been very notorious for that, so I'm not sad to see that go. Yeah, Battlefront right. had it had its ups and downs, and at the end, I think Battlefront 2 is actually a good game now. But yeah. I can see why they aren't going to be making another game. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I mean, like, ba- Battlefront 2 was a good game. They just... They just uh, microtransactioned they you to greedy. death in the beginning and yeah. loot created you. And it, you know, for, for people who wanted to like hyper level and be the, you know, BA with all the coolest gear, which I am not, I'm just there with my heavy gunner, just <laughs> gunning stuff. I don't care what's going on, 
but like yeah it diminishes some of that some of that fun so in in relation to this game though it will be interesting to see how linear that story driven element is and how truly open the open world is because well i mean um fallout the, some of the Fallout series was the same way. Of course, some of them also used that engine that was Skyrim as well. So it, it, yeah. it can be done. If Ubisoft is able to pull it off, dude, what a game that would be, man. Oh, yeah. And they have been branching more towards, you know, choose your own path games, the most recent Assassin's Creed actually gives you that option, but it still diverges into what is that? Va- very Valhalla? few options near the end. Yeah. Valhalla, yeah. yeah, okay. You do actually get quite a few <laughs> choices to make in that game. And okay. my only worry with anything Ubisoft related, I, I like Assassin's Creed. I've been a fan since the beginning. But what Ubisoft tends to do is a lot of quantity over quality. So they are going to fill yeah. the map with hundreds upon thousands of things to do that maybe take five minutes, but overall, unless you're OCD and a completionist, they're not going to fulfill you. Yeah. So, I mean, opposed to a game where they're going to curate every little side quest where it feels like a little bit of Star Wars lore unlocked or something memorable that we grew up with. Right. So we'll, we'll have to see. I am excited for it. We haven't had many open-world Star Wars games, so... As long as this no. does not mess with our new Jedi Fallen Order. Don't mess with Fallen Order. <laughs> yeah, fa- Fallen Order. Honestly, like, there are a lot of gamer, like, real gamers that Fallen Order definitely struck the chord with. So I, I, I think that, I think that, on the whole, really what you need to do is start listening to gamers again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I understand you. You're not gonna go back to PS1 days, up, up, down, down, start B, A, C, whatever, and get like a bunch of unlockables. Or hey, if I do this, I get a Kuma or something like that in in my game. But you y- you have to get back to core elements of gameplay. And listen, we are um, battle royaled to death. Okay, <laughs> we are battle oh, royaled that, to I'm death. Be so angry. <laughs> Well, I mean, that was Battlefront 2. I mean, that's what it was, was a, you know, Battle Royale. It did have a story, but it was a short story mode. Mm-hmm. But the main thing was the online the multiplayer. squadrons, I'd assume. So. <sighs> still haven't, still haven't. I don't care. I, don't, yeah. I just don't care. Um, I mean, if it was on, like, the store for, like, a tenner or something like that, yeah, I'd, I'd buy it. But I'm and just it has come close, which isn't a good sign. <laughs> no, I don't think that that was a hit. I, I, I you know, I could be wrong. I'm not going to look it up. Nobody talks about it. No, they really don't. They really don't. And I mean, it could be cool, but from what I had seen from some people playing the game, it just seemed repetitive. So, yeah, yeah Ubi, you know, pop open your Ooh store, give us the Ooh bucks, and just you know, like. Make a good game, okay? Just make a good game for us. We need, yeah. we need a good, a, a true open world Star Wars game would be sick. And I'll tell you one thing, just because of the, you know, rush of Mando still flowing through our veins, what if in this 
open world game, say the premise is, okay, I need to pull all these factions together to fight this insurmountable enemy, so I've got to pull the Mandalorians together, I've got to pull the Jedi together, and we've got to go to war against this enemy. Setting that aside, it gives us a reason to go to Mandalore and claim the title of the Mandalorian, get the Darksaber, get the the helmet, get all that stuff. So you're so you're cool. thinking it's going to be more a man- breaking, but cool. You're thinking it's going to be a Mando game? No, I'm thinking that if it's going to be a big open world game, you're going to have the choice to go to Mandalore, do some side quests here and there, well, and at the end. Well, because what I over. what That'd I'm saying cool. is actually, if you were to have a Mando game, just in the scope of games, think of the customization you could do. With a Mando, oh, like yeah. you, you, you're playing as Mando. Like you can hype up your ship. Uh, you get better armor, uh, new weapons, uh, skill tree crap, you got melee options because of things yeah. like the the spear. So you're not just necessarily a gunslinger. You could do that too. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You you could you could put together a melee build. You could put together a sniper build. You could put yeah. together, you know, a, I don't know. It's not like we have magic, like magic, magic, like a mage. <laughs> this is my staff. Right. I'm going to cast a but, spell on you. <laughs> well, I don't know. Those little seeker missiles is as close to an area of effect spell as you're going to get. I'm just thinking. But that would be the only thing that you could do that would allow you to be a Jedi hunter, someone to fight a Jedi. Mandalorians are the only ones who can do it, so that'd be pretty yeah. cool. Well, it, it, it honestly, I, I am starting to wonder if it will be focused a little bit more on on our new High Republic era, though, um, yeah. because I, I, I feel like Disney is really trying to go all in on this, and I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because I, I, they're not going to touch the Old Republic right now. I really don't think they will. No. I mean, honestly, all you have to really do is, like, Give give me a re-release, like a, a true remake, remaster of Kotor, and then away you go. Yeah, bundle um, it. Give me both. I'd be so happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, that that's enough or on the game. Combine the story, you know. Yeah, One for sure. Game. That's all we need. Yeah, that's enough on the game. We'll, we'll if there's more that comes out, we'll talk about it. But for now, that's about all we have. Uh, next story here. This is a kind of a quick one, and I don't really know if this is like confirm, confirm, but this is like a like a U. I mean, like an actual. It's <laughs> it's like an actual UK site, you know. And most media in the UK is funded by the government, but whatever. So uh, apparently, we have this uh, little uh, drone shots of uh, of a set for. Kenobi and I guess the residents are all PO'd about it because (laughs) it's going to cause traffic and light pollution or something oh no so you know going through some of the I didn't really vet this out at all but I mean again I don't really care (laughs) Uh, so it's, it's like a little village uh, which I would have to assume is probably Tatooine. They've got like you know some like some sand and stuff down here, but yeah, I guess they're they're already complaining about about this. And the funny thing is, is uh, I mean I don't really remember too many like big show. Well, I mean like big productions because there are big productions in 
the UK. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't know, man. I mean, aside from like television, I guess Kenobi is technically TV, I guess. You know, really like the Harry Potter movies, Rowling made sure that those were uh, produced in in England, but or the surrounding area. I don't remember exactly where they filmed them, but I would assume probably in England and Scotland or something. Because isn't isn't I think the Hogwarts castle is technically supposed to be in Scotland. I don't know. Whatever. That's a diff- whole different side of things. Um, You're making Star Wars fans mad. Yeah, talking about the wrong thing. I don't care. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know. It, as far as the village, the way it looks, and again, these are like top down, and they say drone things, but it doesn't really. I don't know. It doesn't really scream Tatooine to me. I don't know. It. I think it's just because it's more more so in a state of building at this point. You know, you have a lot of, um, you know, like metal scaffolding and everything, and you know. A lot of these places are non-functional, that so they're just like you know mm-hmm. metal support, and then you you're building up with whatever materials you're putting on the outside. But um, I don't know, maybe maybe with some with some CG, because to be honest, with some of this footage, it just kind of looks like a <laughs> it looks like some something that a bunch of like nihilists or anarchists would go build out in like the desert in in, uh, Nevada or something (laughs) like that. What is that? I think it's in California. There's like some, um, oh crap. I don't remember. There's some whole like town that's like, just like an anarchy town or whatever. Anyway, (laughs) that's a real quick mention. Apparently they're not too happy about the little Kenobi village. So better get going. (laughs) <laughs> better get going. So no Star Wars fans around there. <laughs> uh, well, not until it's on TV, I guess. Let's talk a theory. <clears throat> so one of the things that was not answered in The Mandalorian was how how old uh, Grogu got out of the temple. Well, one of the theories is it could have been Quinlan Voss. That's a cool theory. Uh, mm-hmm. Dark Disciple, obviously, you know, I've been through that. I don't know. Did you read Dark Disciple? Uh, I think I read it when it first came out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was the one with the, I know with all him the and Ventress. Points of it. Yeah, I mean yeah, Qu- yeah. Quinlan's the an interesting story. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it was kind of neat. I mean, Quinlan's an interesting character. It but was. He, you know, he's a tracker. He's got the ability that um that they stole in uh, Fallen Order, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. making OP Cal Kestis. <laughs> but anyway, no. So he, you know, he's a tracker. He's worked along with with Kenobi, if you know, a few times. But obviously, Dark Disciple was sort of his um, jaunt with with uh, Asajj Ventress. Uh, you know, kind of was corrupted by the dark side. Sort of became mm-hmm. Dooku's. You know, sort of. I don't know. I don't know if we really want to call him like a. You know, maybe more like a follower, but because of his love for yeah. Ventress, he turned it all around um, and dies. <laughs> Which sucks. <laughs> well, that's not necessarily true, though. I or mean, no, I'm sorry. Is it v- Ventress? No, it's Ventress. Ventress died. That. That's right. So we don't really know the whereabouts of Quinlan Voss, but it is speculated that he survived Order sixty six, which mm-hmm. eh, kind of would make sense. Um, so, what do you think? Do you think Quinlan Voss would have saved Grogu? Because for me, I'm I'm gonna say no. 
uh, to me, I feel like he would be one that wouldn't even, wouldn't even have known of Grogu's existence. Yeah. I, you know, it's because they're saying that not a lot of people knew of Grogu. They're kind of put the putting themselves in a corner on who saved him. So I'm going to agree with you on that. I don't think he would have. He's not high enough in the order at that point to really know anything about Grogu. I mean, who do we actually have that we know knew about him? We can assume that Mace knew about him and obviously Yoda. Yeah. But I mean, who else? We just don't have many options. I think that's why there's so many theories going around right now. I mean, and I, I don't even know if they've figured it out yet. I don't think they've right. decided. I mean, <laughs> I would have to I would have to assume that the council probably knew at least most of the council probably knew about the existence of Grogu, at least the, the older council mm-hmm. members. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, Anakin probably, you know, I know the memes. Probably not. Listen, I know the memes. <laughs> yeah. They are funny, but he did not know about Grogu. You know, he, he, you know, Grogu didn't share a cookie with him. He's like, all right, Grogu stay home today. That didn't happen. Okay. Right. He, he didn't know. Obi-Wan probably didn't even know at least not then. Yeah. Um, you know, later, Maybe, but at this point, no. So to think that Quinlan, I mean, it, it's interesting because Quinlan is, in his own right is interesting. I just don't feel like mm-hmm. it works for the story. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Ready to bash Disney again? Sure. <laughs> this is. I, I don't need money. <laughs> this, this isn't really bashing Disney, but... Um, there was an opinion piece that I read about Galaxy's Edge, okay? So Mm -hmm. Galaxy's Edge, um, I think by a lot of Mark, Marks, and and disregarding the pandemic, original opening and everything, I don't think was quite as popular as Disney thought it would have been. Now, personally, I think it's it's BA. I want to go, but I didn't want to go when it opened, because I'm not that kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my friend Lindsay, she's been, I think, twice or, you know, I think at least twice, and she's loved the experience. Um, but there needs to be more to it, I feel like. And they hitched their giddy up to, um, was it Black Spire Outpost? Is that? Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. I, I, gosh, I, you know, we, and we, we went through Black Spire by Delilah Dawson. And I forget that book so much. I, I literally forget that I book so too. much. And it sucks because it was actually pretty well writ- written, but it just, there was a little bit too much like like promotional for the park. It was more like a build for the park. Ronto um, wraps. Yeah, Ronto wraps. Hell yeah. <laughs> Blue milk and Ronto wraps. Yeah. But no, I mean, it... it, it but hey, now we're going to get the nine, egg, the nine egg soup, so it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, you know, and then we have uh, what is the new the new feature? Is it Rise of the Resistance or uh, what is that? Um, eh, whatever, it doesn't matter. They've added more onto it, so I, I mm-hmm. think that it's a very interesting thing. But like again, so many people have such an attachment to the older movies, and we're not catering to that. We're catering to you know what's new, unfortunately. And at least in this this piece, you know, they're they're 
they're insinuating. This is like a Mike Zero level of insinuation where it's like, oh, well, mm. you know, uh, they're, you know, they they know what they're doing, so they're just going to make it Mandalorian and everything's going to be Baby Yoda and Mando and doing Mando stuff. So let me ask you this, and I, I, I don't really need think we need to discuss about, you know, Disney and the parks and their failings or their, their good ports or par- ports, their good parts or whatever. But what would you think about having like a like some sort of Mandalorian experience in here, like like putting Navar, like the face of Navar on here, and like chatting with grief and Kara and stuff? I don't know stuff like that. I think the settings would be awesome, but I mean, both of us really like that old Western vibe. So I think we would enjoy it, but some people probably wouldn't as much. Yeah. Uh, Getting the village from season one would be kind of cool. Getting Navarro, getting all that. Um, I don't know. I'm a little worried of a Mando burnout, you know, Grogu burnout. Yeah. And I think that Disney needs to watch that. Because they've seen so much success from it, of course they're going to push it. But you can certainly push it way, way too much. Yeah, so, I don't know. I would enjoy it, but I also would have enjoyed Black Spire. So it's it's different. It's I don't want to say it's better or worse. Yeah, and but I also can't compare them because I haven't been to Black Spire, and right, I have to wait till I go to this to really give an opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I'm I'm still excited to go. Um, I think that I think that once things start to calm down as far as, you know, Corona and everything, and we start to, because, I mean, let's face it, we will eventually pivot back to how we kind of want to live. That's just human nature. It will yeah. eventually happen. And, and I assume that people will be a little bit, to be honest, Yes, people do need to be clean, like wash your wash your hands. Um, you know, yes, did I drink out of a hose when I was a kid and survive? I did. Was it the smartest thing to do? No, not really, but yes, no. just because you survive something doesn't mean that it's right. Uh, <laughs> but but eventually once things get back to normal, yes, I want to go. I want to experience it. I want to build a lightsaber and, you know, maybe buy one at the shop. I want to be able to do all that stuff because it is a, a cool experience for people who enjoy that kind of stuff. But yeah, probably just needs some tweaks and some minor nips and tucks and add additions and whatnot. And maybe you need to subtract some stuff. I'm not a, I'm not an amusement park guy, but I know that yeah. a lot of what Disney has been doing, they've been doing for a very long time in those parks Sometimes you need to change it. I don't know. Yeah, and, and and one thing I'll say about that with Black Spire, I think that Black Spire was a really cool idea, and I yeah. enjoyed the book. But but how many fans really know about Black Spire? I yeah. mean, if you haven't read that book and you haven't been to the park, what does Black Spire mean to you yep. compared to anything Mandalorian-related? Yeah. Um, and it, it, it was a good idea, but yeah, I, I think I, okay. Here's me telling them what they should have done. 
if you wanted to get all the fans, though, dead serious. So if you wanted to get all the fans, I mean, just 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 give them Moss Eisley. Just give them Taji oh, yeah. Station. Yeah. Just give them, you know, that that New Hope Luke Skywalker experience, and allow them to go through that. And then you put in the additions that you have. You you can get your food yeah. and crap. Add and, Jabba's palette. Add. Yeah, Jabba. Cloud City, you yeah. know. <laughs> well, you could do so much Add expansion. That are memorable. Right. And you could put the Millennium Falcon right there. You put it exactly where it was in the movie. Um, you have lightsaber. Give us Dagobah. Yeah. I mean, you do a thing <laughs> with like. Give us Dagobah and raise the X Wing from the swamp. <laughs> that would be, How cool would that be? That would be? have been cool in a ride. <laughs> like, create a ride where that's yeah. part of the ride. And then they just throw snakes at you. That'd been fun. Yeah, like a little creepy ride for the kids, yeah. scare them with swamp stuff. You could still build... And then get the giant spider. Yeah. You could still build lightsabers. You could still yeah. do a lot of the stuff you're doing now. Um, and then maybe, you know, you just build Give up cool shops Ithor. and stuff. Let know. us find our own kyber crystal, you know? Yeah, that'd be sick. Gosh. Yeah. Well, you know those, um, I feel, maybe you haven't talked about, you know those geotag games that people do? It's like some app, and they hide crap, and then you, like, find the geotag, and, like, Mm. you, okay, so, I've Uh, never. Yeah, kind of. Okay. I've never done it. All I'm saying is that would be a sick idea for a park. You geotag a bunch of little lightsaber crystals that are just, like, really hard to find, you know? But if they do Mm. find it, they have their Kaiba crystal. And then the park, yeah. you just refresh them periodically. I mean, that'd be a, like a game for the employees. Like it's like an uh, it's like a year round Easter egg hunt, but you have to find them. Yeah, by if geotag. You're, if you're a Star Wars nerd working there, that'd be fun for them too. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you, you have your your park app, and through your park app, that's how you find them. You can still buy them at the store, but if you wanted to have fun with it, like here's the cave of crystal cave kyber crystal cave and you have a little animatronic yoda just be like oh find the crystals you must go through the ice yeah. you can and you know use your geotag and, and on thing, your app yeah and one thing they could do to make it fresh every time you go is give you a rank first mm. time you go you're a padawan keep going and doing more activities eventually you get to be knighted Ooh, app know, ideas dude yeah yeah yeah. yeah, the the more activities you Imagine complete, the higher your rank. To become a Jedi Master, you know, yeah, dude, <laughs> that'd be cool. Actually, and then that, you'd have your own room that just the Jedi Masters get to hang out in. That, their own cool stuff. See, that would be sick. Now that I think about it, and that would be a perfect like Pokemon Go app game. You you and and granted, oh, yeah. you probably wouldn't be able to do it all in one stay. So you come back, you re-upload. Yeah, you come in here. Here's my rank, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. The more, yeah, the more activities around the park you complete, the higher rank you are, and then I'm a flipping Jedi Master. That'd be sick, dude. Wow. We've just saved the Disney parks, man. We've saved it. We've yeah, saved Galaxy's they're listening. Edge. I'm sure they are. We're big enough for them to be listening. <laughs> that would be very cool. So, but, but seriously, if someone steals that idea in the next year, I'm calling copyright. <laughs> well, if someone steals it, they better hope I don't find them. Anyway, let's move on to our last little piece of news. Uh, there has been a video going around, and no, not the one of you know Luke chopping down all those dark troopers to I need a hero, but 
a new deep. Oh, come on, that is pretty cool. It was funny. It, it was funny. Though. Actually, the one I like more than that is when they sync uh, the Darth Vader scene from Rogue One with yeah. that perfectly. The Just issue is fight. The issue is with that song is all I can think of is Kevin Bacon doing gymnastics in like some building in Footloose, you know. <laughs> I need a hero. Yeah. Uh, you know, just doing. Uh, no, you know what? That wasn't the right song in that in that scene. It was a Kenny Loggins. So it was a different. It was a different song. Anyway, that's all I thought about was Kevin Bacon doing gymnastics. But whatever. I, I like the one they did for Boba Fett more personally. <laughs> oh yeah, the, yeah, that was good. They actually started doing that with the Luke one. I feel like it fits more. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but anyway, so we have a deep fake uh, where some fans have put Millie Bobby Brown's face on Princess Leia's body. Um, and, and this is something I wanted to talk about. Not necessarily the video. I don't really care about that. I mean, Millie Bobby Brown is, you know, she's fine. I, I don't, you know, I, I watched that Sherlock Holmes or, uh, um, it's not Sherlock Holmes. It's, uh, like the sister of Sherlock Holmes. I don't remember the title of the movie. It was okay. Um, obviously stranger things, but do you think we're at a point now where we just need to get over it and like, like recast and just like continue the characters because like solo, I thought Alden Ehrenreich did a great job. Um, I don't care. He's not, he's not Harrison Ford, but he did have some of the mannerisms, mannerisms, but but yeah, he didn't need to be. (laughs) Well, you know, I would have, I don't know. I remember hearing some folks talk recently and they were like, well, he's not like Han Solo. He's not like a rogue. It's like, well, no, it's because he was dealing with, all the things that kind of turned him into that. And you're just not really understanding yeah. the lore, but, um, it, you know, for, and, and Luke didn't do amazing things in a new hope either, but you yeah. don't complain about that. <laughs> but for me, you know, there are a lot of people that really want Sebastian Stan to play Luke Skywalker. They really want to see that, you know, what happened, uh, from episode six to, you know, the start of force awakens. They want, they want, you know, sort of in his prime Luke and, you know, Mark Hamill can't do that anymore. He's not, you know, he's older yeah. and, and it's really not fair to expect yeah. that, you know, but at what point do we start saying it's okay to recast this? Because I mean, there, there are a lot of characters throughout time that have been recast, uh, to, to play different parts. Uh, Sherlock Holmes was one of them. I mean, how many people, different people have played Sherlock Holmes or the oh, doctor, yeah. like doctor who, uh, how many James Bond? Yeah. James. Bo- <laughs> yeah, exactly. James Bond. We've had, we're talking a lot of British films. Is there, are there any American films? <laughs> Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne has been played by two different people. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, at what point can we be okay with that? You know, and, and just bring it in. I think we're well past that point. How long has it been? What were you at? 40, what, three years? Yeah. <laughs> Since the original? It's time, you know? Yeah, he's an older man now, and he's done his part, and he can't be. There, there is a new generation of Star Wars fans who could discover Luke in the way that we did, and we're not allowing them to because we think that Mark Hamill's the only one who can ever play Luke, and it's just not true. Yeah, you know, it. Yeah, it's going to be weird for us, but <laughs> is it? Sometimes though? you have to suspend your disbelief and just enjoy it. I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if you didn't enjoy Solo, I think you chose not to enjoy Solo going into it, personally. 
I mean, and I, yes, that's just an opinion. I, 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 I get, I get I, some people's gripe with Solo, but I personally really enjoyed it. All I'm saying is, is that people are recast. I mean, there are mm-hmm. unexpected, uh, you know, deaths. There are unexpected you know, people. To, um, uh, road, uh, shoot. Uh, <laughs> the the other Iron Man kind of guy, the Patriot from uh, uh, Iron Man, uh, Rhodey, uh Rhodes, mm-hmm. that guy. You know, yeah. it was. Um, well, it's now Don Cheadle, but um, dang it, I can't remember the first guy who who played him. I can clearly picture his face but i can't remember his name but in the first movie and then contract disputes and then you recast him don Cheadle's fine but i liked the first Mm -hmm. the first actor better and a lot of people do that sort of stuff happens all the time well look at black panther (laughs) well you think we're not gonna see any more black panther because of that um i I don't know i they might change it in some way. I mean, they could potentially have the sister take up the mantle, and that's fine. Yeah, I, I don't. But. I don't think you'll. I don't think you'll see that that Black Panther again because there, there's there was a ton of emotion around that particular thing. So I, I don't think that that'll happen. But I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I, I think it's. I think it's kind of time we start considering it. No more. No more deep fakes. No more CGI recast the character with somebody who at least somewhat similarly looks like them and can just copy some of the mannerisms, but be themselves, you know, act, just get me somebody who can act. And I'm cool with Sebastian Stan. I mean, he's got the butt chin a little bit there, so it'll be, it'll be, it would be fine. It would have been fine if they just did that. Yeah. And we don't, and again, like you said, CGI, we don't (laughs) need any more of it. Tarkin was fine. Luke was okay. Yeah, Tarkin was the Tarkin feeling was probably of having the them one. back was the feeling of having them back was awesome. Yeah, but the feeling of knowing the recast and now we get the chance to see them multiple times and it will be well done yep. is better. No doubt, it no doubt, no doubt. All right, let's move on to the book. High Republic, Light of the Jedi, Charles Soule, released on the fifth of January, twenty twenty one. The greatest year we have ever seen. To this point, 336 okay. pages, <laughs> 336 pages. What a long audio book. What a long audio book that was for 336 pages. 13 and a half hours, I believe. And it drug on, man. It really, it really did. Whoa. <laughs> I had, I had a random alarm. I don't even know what that was for. Like it just. At one twenty-two, blank. <laughs> I even had the sound turned off on my phone. Yeah, it was just blank. I don't even know what the heck that was. That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Huh. Sound was turned off and everything. So sorry about the alarm, guys. I'm not cutting it out. Uh, I'm gonna, man. I'm gonna call his phone right now to confirm that. Don't do that. <laughs> I promise it's it's supposed to be on silent. I don't know. Weird. All right. So again, Light of the Jedi, and let, let me let me preface a little bit of this. We are going to have some negative things here. I'm just going to say that out out in the front here. It it's not that you know we like the. I think I like the book. Okay, I'm not going to speak for you. I like the book, but there are some critiques that I have for this 
um, that might sound negative, but I think that they're just constructive, at least in my mind. And the first constructive criticism I have is that this was this was panned as being the story that follows Avar Chris. And although, yes, clearly Avar Chris is there, she is not. It did not. She is not the <laughs> only focal point, or even, in my opinion, the, the main focal point of this book. No. So I would say she's probably 30% of this book, yeah. if that. So I was, I was a little bit put off by that. In, in a way, um, very cool character. And, and let's, let's get this out there. Cause we were talking about this beforehand. The story was not bad. What I liked the most about this are some of the characters. I think that Charles soul really hit a home mm-hmm. run with some of these characters. I actually wound up caring about some of these characters. So that was, that's yeah. a win. That's a positive right there for me. Any more pauses before we rip it apart? <laughs> uh, I think that for a first time, I believe, first time Star Wars writer, that he did a very good job making the force the focal point and really expanding some of our understanding of the force in some ways. I think that uh, focusing on how Avar interpreted the force how she actually read into it was really interesting there was a few characters that they showed different examples of it they gave us some really cool ideas for what the force could be used for and what we've been wanting more than anything is a force-centric jedi related book which we haven't gotten in a long time so i greatly appreciated that so he he has done a ton in the comic world now, in actual novel form, n- not so much. But he has created much of the like Star Wars universe in comic form, which is a big difference. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, he has been involved in, in the Star Wars universe uh, quite a bit. Also, Daredevil, She-Hulk, and um, mm-hmm. the Death of Wolverine kind of like storyline. So he, he, he's definitely been, been active. Um, okay. Let, let me, let me start with something that I, I, I don't feel was, um, a real positive for me in this book. Some of the writing style. Okay. For me, this book was one big repeat a thon. There was a ton of stuff that was just repeated over and over and over again. And it got a little annoying. It's like, I'm going to say one or two things about the starlight beacon. And then I'm going to say those same things over again and then maybe add one or two more things. And then a little bit later on, and I'm literally talking about like the end of the book. We already know what Starlight Beacon is. I'm going to then re-explain 20 it. 20 minutes before the end of yeah. the book. Literally I'm going, to, going over everything that yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm going to re-explain <laughs> this again to you because apparently you haven't got it yet. Um, or I don't trust you to yeah. have gotten now, it. Now, some of this... <laughs> is coming from different points of view. So what he was doing, and again, this is my opinion. Obviously, Charles Soule is not here to defend himself. But from my standpoint, he is using different points of view and what they would think at the time. But the issue that I have with that is that it's my POV that I'm worried about. 
tell the story on the whole shot. I understand that they're going to see things in their own time, but I don't need to know that because all you're doing is recycling the same information over and over again. Why do I care about the names of Lena So, the chancellor's cats? I don't care about their names. I don't need to hear them more than once. I don't need to, I, I just, I don't need to hear this much about her cats. I just don't. Yeah. So that sort of, that is, it threw me off. I don't need to hear we are the Republic every single time. I don't need to hear we are the Nihil every single or every few paragraphs. And unfortunately, I, I probably would have done better if I had just read the book as opposed to listening to the audiobook. Mark Thompson yeah. is is a brilliant uh, narrator. I really enjoy his readings of a lot of Star Wars books, but it seemed like it dragged on too much, and it was almost like a reading comprehension lesson more than just getting a like an adult novel in your face. So for me, you gotta stop. You you just because there yeah. there were times in here where I was like, I don't know if I want to continue. Not because I hated the story, not because I hated the characters, but because I, 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 I don't want to say hate repetitive nature, yeah, but it just became too repetitive. And if, if, if one of my biggest pet feet, pet peeves is having to repeat myself or being constantly repeated too, it just really bugs mm-hmm. me. So that, that unfortunately I have to get it out there. Um, maybe some of you don't understand that. Maybe some of you think I'm going too hard on it, but for me, it got old. And that that's that's all I got to say about that. Just got old. <laughs> yeah, and another thing I found quite repetitive in it is uh, on the Nihil side, talking about the paths and talking about how Martian's father set up the system of the paths and the Nihil in general. Ride the storm. Ride the storm. Ride the storm. Yes. Ride the storm. Ride the storm. Ride the storm. And and how many times did they have to explain the voting process? Yes. Yeah. Did they really have to explain that six times? Yeah, it, it, it just felt <laughs> like this was designed for a younger reading demographic where maybe you don't think that they're going to retain this information. And it's like memorization, you know, from school. You did the times table charts or whatever. It's like, I'm not in school. I If I miss a detail, I'm okay with that because I am in control of the reading of this book. Just likewise, if I weren't doing this show, if we weren't doing this podcast, and if I weren't such a Star Wars fan, I might have put it down just because of that, which would have sucked Mm -hmm. because it is actually a great story with great characters that I am invested in now. But because of the style in which it was written and the repetitive nature of the text, it just didn't jive with me at all times. You know, it, it was tough. That's tough for me to say. And I don't remember any Star Wars book in recent history that I've written that I've written that I've read that does that same thing. So that in and of itself is Charles Soul. Yeah. Yeah, I would completely agree. So let what probably my biggest pet peeve. <laughs> for this book, even more than the repetitive nature, is I don't know if it's because I listened to it on Audible and it's the way I interpret it because of hearing it instead of reading it, 
but I am just not intimidated by the Nihil the way I feel I should be. I'm really not. I think the concept of the Nihil was really good. Their system is kind of cool. And Marshawn Rowe is a compelling character in some ways, but in other ways, I just feel like, how would the Jedi Order have any issues dealing with him one-on-one? Yeah. You know, truly. And and the Nihil in general is just a bunch of disorganized partiers who like to raid and pillage. Well, they aren't all that intimidating against a true force. Let, let, which we don't let's, get. Let's get a little bit harsher on the Nihil because what they actually are are a bunch of drug addicts, adrenaline oh, yeah. junkies, yeah. and anarchists who don't fit into the yeah. classic mold of this very classical period of society that is intent on peace. They want what they can't have because they feel, it, again, opinions, but they feel misunderstood by a society that they can't fit into. Or because they've been yeah, they're they've been barbarians trotted. in a time of renaissance. Yeah, it, yeah, true. And they've been they feel like they've been trotted on, and they're not being heard. Um, the galaxy is a huge place, and because the Republic has extended this, uh, Lena So even says it here. I'm the chancellor of everything, not just like the core or something. I'm the chancellor of everything. That's probably that, that's one of our biggest issues we've always had in Star Wars. It's been explored a hundred thousand different times, where the Republic is always overextended, and mm-hmm. because everyone knows about all of these worlds, they become disillusioned with their own, in their opinion, slow experience on whatever rock they're on. And that doesn't water world. How many times have we heard backwater yeah. planet? <laughs> and and that's I think that's a problem because you know you can see that in society here where there are people in cities who look down on the humble farmer who is just trying to get mm-hmm. by. Um, do you remember that there was a song Hank Williams uh, Jr. Um, well, it's just the country boy can survive. You know, and he talks about you know having a friend yeah. in New York and and everything, and you know he. He always called me hillbilly and everything, but we were able to trade some stuff back and forth and, and whatever and maintain mm-hmm. a friendship. Well, that just doesn't really always happen in, in a lot of cases. You know, there there's a, a and it's worse today, I think, than it's ever been. But this idea of looking down on people and in this universe, it's very similar to where if you're in some sort of planet that doesn't come up with anything, it, it, well, I mean, in, in effect, like, let's just say Tatooine, what's Tatooine's export? Sand? I mean, it, they don't really have that. So they're getting by. And like Luke was always dreaming about getting out of here and joining the bigger cosmos, which isn't a bad thing, but don't look down on the humble moisture farmer who is living their life. You know, they are making their way and living their life. Um, so I think the Nihil are just extremely disillusioned, and they've got, they're nuts. They are legitimately insane, uh, you know, and they hyped are, up on drugs. They are nuts, and quite a few are very incompetent as well. <laughs> yeah. They don't do well in all these plans. They don't actually work together as a group. Half the time, they're too high to actually carry out their tasks. Which, yeah, we, which we've seen. <laughs> we've seen a couple of times. Um, l- let's just back off just a wee bit and let's hit some major story points before we get too deep in Cause I, I know that there are some deeper things we need to talk about some of these characters, but 
Our book starts with the legacy run. We learn that this great disaster was effectively the legacy run being torn apart in hyperspace and pieces of the ship are strewn across a wide swatch of you know this outer rim territory. And the issue is, is that the pieces and parts of the ship, which included these pods that families lived in, so they were like literally living people in these pods, are still traveling at light speed. So anything that they come in contact with is essentially is a yeah is, is, i mean literally <laughs> disintegrated like there's in there's no hope we even have a scene with our remember our uh, technicians um who they were like they spot this very early on and they're tr- they send a message and they're like literally getting ready to leave but because these things are going so fast the piece was on them before they even had time to move it was like in the blink of an eye that's how fast it was going fast and light so they were yeah. annihilated. And, and you know, the death toll on multiple planets is so high. It is a disaster that nobody could plan for and was technically seen as impossible. Mm-hmm. Now we learn, just following the storyline here, we learn that this was caused by a Nihil ship who is traveling in an alternate hyperspace route that, again, was technically considered to be impossible. However, the Nihil have the Eye, who is Martian Roe, who provides paths, paths that are not known to everyone else. And these are provided by... <laughs> names. Mari. Mari. Santeca. Mari Santeca who is extremely old at this point, they do not really explain how she's able to do it. Now, I will say, is it the force? Is it just that she's extremely smart, like one of those beautiful mind-level type of smart people, maybe? But she is able... It kind of makes you wonder if it's something similar to uh, the Skywalkers. Yeah. In a way, and and see that's a good that's a good thing to bring up. Yeah, something force sensitive, but maybe not like Jedi force, I guess. So, she is providing the paths to Martian, and previously her uh, Martian's father, which I also had up here. Maybe was it Asgar? Asgar Rowe. Yep, that's it. Asgar Rowe. But Mari is getting old. She is beyond ancient at this point, and it's very possible that she'll die, so Martian is pushing and pushing harder for his sort of grand plan. Now, getting back to the original disaster, this book actually entails a lot. The first act is is attempting to save a planet, and uh, the Jedi are called in, and this is where we get of our Chris. And we learn about her unique ability which we actually know something about from a new jedi order um this is Mm -hmm. something that anakin had displayed uh anakin solo uh, had displayed in new jedi order (laughs) when he was able to merge minds with his siblings to pilot uh, their ships uh, against the and vong now in this case avar is able to see her little symphony going on and help direct and communicate with all the other Jedi in their little vector ships. Which, to be honest, I don't know what your opinion was. These vector ships seem kind of like crap to me. 
They, they seem like crap. <laughs> you yeah. have to. Yeah, they did. You have to use your lightsaber as like a key. What is up with? It? I mean, I get the security feature, like, but this I mean, is what the this is what the High Republic <laughs> offers you as you're these prestigious warriors who protect people. And it's like, so do you want the Jedi to die in this? The <laughs> only thing that was cool about the vectors was the fact that you could pilot them without being in the ship. Yeah, and there's actually I forget who does it, but there is a Jedi who actually pulls this off. <sighs> At one yeah, point. Yeah, I, uh, I... So it's kind of cool in some ways, but it is a very bare-bones ship. And I think they might have actually done this in an attempt to do something that Star Wars rarely does, which is not introduce higher-level tech in something that would be considered a prequel. So that was that was Indira Stokes, um, who, if I remember correctly, we will be seeing more of her in the future... Possibly, mm-hmm. but yeah, she was uh, she was stationed at um, at uh, the Alfrona outpost along with Jedi Master Porter Engel, Loden Great Storm, and Padawan Bell Zedifar, um, which we'll get to a little later. But so uh, yeah, I think the not the main part of the book, but kind of the main. It's like a side. It's a side quest. It's fine. <laughs> But I, the vectors. I think the only cool thing about the vectors is is that the really the force connection that these pilots have with the ship to fly them more by mm-hmm. the force than by physical handling at times. But yeah, they seem like very fragile ships. And and listen, I know I love A wings, and you all love A wings too. They had their <laughs> problems, but they feel like they could kick a, a vector's butt one hundred times out of one hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Oh, by the way, we didn't even give you a weapon system. You're going to have to call upon your lightsaber to actually use this. To well, they have lasers. Sorry. They have little lasers or whatever. I don't know, man. So, yeah, no missiles, just some just some little lasers. And yeah, just put your lightsaber in a hole and press buttons with it. It's great. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, Avar is able to direct all of these Jedi. And when the buildup was happening for for Chris here is that she was basically the hero, you know, who stopped the great disaster. Mm-hmm. And in a way she kind of did, but she's also not her main contribution here was so on the legacy run. And I got to say, God, I feel so terrible for that captain. She, I mean, she did literally uh, the captain of the legacy run. She did everything yeah. she could to avoid disaster and really went above and beyond such a cool, you know, light that was snuffed out really quickly. Even her Lieutenant who was like so loyal. Yeah. And speaking of that, isn't it kind of, I mean, is a bit jarring at how nonchalantly they kill off these people. There were a lot of, in this book, there were a lot of deaths. It's like mid sentence and they're gone. (laughs) But you know what? It does drive home the point. You know, it drives home the point very poignantly. So, yeah, it does. It is what it I'm is. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it is something that we're not used to in a whole uh, lot I'm of with Star you. Wars. I'm with you there. Media of any type. Yep. So, aboard that ship, the Legacy Run, they were carrying Tabana gas, which we know for its volatility. Which is very smart, full of a uh, passenger transport. Yeah. <laughs> just, just put a bunch of. Volatile gas in with a bunch of passengers. Yeah. It's fine. Well, at any rate, it's that m- part of the ship 
starts heading towards the sun of this system. And of, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this this is this is kind of displaying a lot of Avar's, you know, power here. She is able to use this connection with the Jedi so that they can all use their power in order to stop this fragment from going into the sun. And we're even told that this isn't just Jedi that are here. This is Jedi around the galaxy. On Coruscant. Even. On Coruscant. They even Matt mentioned a little known Jedi. That I mean, I'm not even just yeah. talking little known, but like little, a little Jedi. Just a little mm-hmm. wee little Jedi by the name of Yoda. Okay. Yoda's lending yeah. his strength here. He didn't really help much, but he lent some strength. <laughs> well, he's off taking along with all his little pals. Listen, he's off taking. He's taking a sabbatical. Well, who the hell is yeah. taking a sabbatical on the Jedi Council? <laughs> What's going on with this man? I don't get that. Yeah. Anyway, you don't need a sabbatical. Just meditate. That's <laughs> relaxing. Something going on with Yoda. Now, I would like to visit Dagobah. I would like. <laughs> it's not that time yet. Oh, man. <laughs> so then we also get another Jedi by the name of Elzar Man. Elzar Man and Avar Chris oh, are literally two of the best parts of this entire book. Um, yeah. And Elzar even, he, he's described as like a tinkerer. He's an experimenter within mm-hmm. the Force. He, he's constantly looking for new ways to interact with the Force. And he was able to give extra strength. So he was giving you the double hubba bubba bubble gum, all right? He wasn't just giving you the zebra, all right? He was giving you the double strength, all right? He's giving you some big red, all right? That big red's going to last you more than a minute, okay? Yeah, and you know he's willing to do it because he just loves Avar oh being in his mind. What, what, a, what a kooky Fabio <laughs> romance. Like, kiss. Just kiss and get it over with, please. Especially at the end of the book when they're having their little walk. A oh. nice walk through the through the arboretum. Oh, they want it so bad. We better get out of here before the all, all the couples start showing up. It's like you mean like you guys. <laughs> we better start kissing. I uh, mean, leaving before all the couples get in here. Oh, jeez, it, it's 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 funny because obviously, and, and I think it was it was actually Elzar who was striking it down. It's like, we're Jedi in that final, final sequence. It's like, we're Jedi. Yeah. Cause Avar like (laughs) gives him her hand. It's like, uh, dude, you know what? To be honest though, I think it would have been interesting if, if they actually did have relationships. I agree. I think it would have been another layer to deal with. Well, and see how the Jedi of that, era would have dealt with that kind of thing they are very poignant in several in several sections here talking about that attachment uh ember yeah remember ember the dog the like the the, <laughs> the flame hound from hell which just bakes yes. a nihil once um yeah which is awesome i love that so thing. they're all keeping it at the <laughs> outpost and they're like well we're not supposed to form attachments but this dog's pretty darn sweet it's a good thing that they did yeah. it, it's it's it, you know i don't think and we've said this before jedi should be, the attachment thing is bullcrap okay it's not the it attachment is. that makes you weak it's the fear of loss that makes you weak and yeah the attachment actually can make you much stronger because it's your love of people yeah. that you're able to draw from the light yeah so i we don't need to go down that rabbit hole because we've already talked no. about it blah 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 <laughs> but anyway yeah they're they are so hot for each other it's hilarious and it's like just 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 give a little just but in a 
in a cheesy way, it's kind of well it's done. It's cute. I, I mean, it. it's a cute relationship <laughs> because they're they're so yeah. very aware of it, and they give in a little bit, but not quite. You know, because they know they know their duty. Um, yeah. There's even another pair of Jedi, which unfortunately one of them ends up dying. I cannot think of her <sighs> yeah, name. Yeah, that's the 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 one offers for her to be his partner on this new mission. Yeah. And she's like, oh, if I didn't know any better, I'd say you were getting attached. I might have to report to you to the Jedi Council. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is where we start running into problems. There are far too many people in here for me to remember, and that sucks because, yeah, you know, that was really in the beginning, beginning too, and yeah, they're making their plans to like go off and do cool things together and have fun. Um, and then, yeah, there's just so, so many people that are, that are snuffed out. So anyway, the Jedi are able to stop the fragment. It's actually been broadcasted over the net, right? So everybody in the galaxy is seeing this. They're seeing the strength of the Jedi. And let's actually stop and talk a little bit about the strength of the Jedi, because I'm going to say this, these Jedi on their power scale here, probably would have killed every single one of our Jedi they in the New Republic. They would have annihilated everyone. <laughs> their Loden probably would have been able to defeat ninety percent. I'm, I'm talking about Porter, man. <laughs> Porter Angle. Porter too. Por- yeah. There was a part when, um, I guess, to explain his, their story, Angle, the Nihil go to abduct um, a, a family of miners who are living on the planet that the South outpost is on a rich family from Alderaan who went to live simply, which could be something later, but we don't know. Hopefully. So Porter angle is a super old Jedi master. Okay. And he's, he's out of kind of out of commission, picks his own assignment to like go quietly retire. Yeah. So he makes soup and it's good. Porter angle during some of these fights, he's like, you know, I could have like stopped the bolt. I could have redirected it, but I just wanted to yeah. flick it. So he had choices. He's like, he's saying, "Oh, I could have done anything. They're never going to be able to shoot me in this current thing, in this scenario here." But like, I could have done whatever I wanted. But I chose to do this. The 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 mines, the mole mines, and each yeah. of the Jedi taking care of them in different ways. Um, the, the, the piloting, you know, just a lot of the things that they're, they're saying about their connection with the force. And even when they talk about listening to the force, to the will of the force, it it's different because the force is. is with them. And I feel like in the new Republic in, in our prequels, the will of the force is not a thing in our generation's star Wars. It truly, well, I, I think it's abandoned. Them. I mean, they, they, are actually so much more like Qui-Gon than the rest of yeah. the Jedi of our era that we grew up with. It's it's kind of awesome in a way, and this is what I was hoping for. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, I don't think that they're necessarily quite like Qui-Gon, but they are so much more in tune to yeah. the Force. And it just kind of goes towards showing the downfall of the Jedi right. in the prequel era, and it just adds more gravity to the situation. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying like these Jedi couldn't have been tricked by Palpatine. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is is that they seem to be just so attuned with everything around them. They they just they get it. They get what they're supposed to do and they do it and they don't have fear of it. I mean Bell you know he has some fear about the the falling and you know catching himself. So, again Listen to this, man. We're talking about 
you know, the only time we really talk about falling and saving yourself was a little bit in the Ben comic. And then we do see it in rise. All these Jedi are like, dude, it doesn't matter how high up we are. We're just going to coast the currents, man. And just, you know, give ourselves a little pushy push on the ground and we're fine. Yeah. And just actually finding out how you do it. Cause all we've heard in the past is Jedi can fall from great distances and not be hurt. Yeah. It's like, Oh no, actually they, uh, manipulate oh. gravity. They well, f- use force. Push. Yeah, well, they're, they're, use they're downdrafts. Yeah, to they're help they're, them, they're literally the, through the force. They are seeing the current of the wind and they are coasting down on that, allowing yeah. that to slow them. And then finally, doing basically a force push off of the ground to give a softer cushion landing. I mean, it's not like. Yeah, they're essentially trying to move the Earth, and that's how they don't die from falling. It, yeah, it, it's actually pretty amazing, uh, the description. I thought that was super cool. But again, it just it seems like it seems like these these Jedi just are on another level. They're just on another yeah. level of understanding of the Force because the Force is truly with them right now. Yeah. They're OG, man. Yeah, they're OG. They're, they're OJ. They're, no, no, they aren't. No, no, no black gloves here. No, no, no Ford Broncos in this galaxy. Goodness. So um, let's go ahead. So we have we have the disaster. Now there are still pieces, fragments of the ship. They are able to kind of figure out somewhat quickly as to sort of a general idea. And then unfortunately, I didn't look him up. So this that's on me, but we had a technician from this planet who postulates an idea to help track the fragments or predict them. So he gets like over fifty thousand navadroids, right? Fifty, oh. which is ridiculous when you actually <laughs> stop and think about yeah, it. Yeah, but he puts his. It's pretty entertaining, yeah, and he puts it this n- node together. Uh, hitting my mic stand, by the way, uh, he's, he's putting them together in these nodes and they're running all these computations. And then we get to see another crazy force ability. We're on the moon. Heat, 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 computers, heat up. He's trying his best. It's getting ready to fail. And then, oh, guess what? Elzar man and Avar Chris just create a freaking storm. Yeah. They just... (sighs) Suggest, suggest the weather. What, what are we doing it's here? Like, they, hey, hey, hey! You want rain? You want to rain? Rain. They create a storm. Yeah, isn't this like some Luke Skywalker level crap? I mean, isn't it awesome? It's wild. <laughs> it is. It is completely wild. And like I said, you know, this is a master class. Okay, the, uh, of our of our Chris is a master. Elzar man is is a knight, but he becomes a master. But he's really a master at this point. Yeah, the, the council's knowledge. The council's a little annoyed with his experimentation. It seems like they're Qui Gon and yeah, <laughs> but he he did you know he is master. He is a master. So this is yeah. master level understanding of the like true master level understanding of the force and legitimately nothing is beyond their grasp mm-hmm. at this point. They literally which, created which a storm. Is, which is both so exciting and concerning at the same yes. time. Because it's exciting in that we could discover just some amazing molecular level force abilities that no one, not even George <laughs> Lucas, could have ever conceived back in the early days of Star Wars. 
which could unfortunately be used in a very lazy way. Well, or it could be used to help explain how, you know, potentially either Papa Palps or, you know, his master Mm -hmm. might have manipulated the force to create a child. You know, that sort of level of force manipulation that these Jedi seem very capable of doing. But again, no offense to Obi-Wan, dude. I love Obi-Wan. But do you think Obi-Wan could call down a storm? No. That's what I'm saying. Obi-Wan was more of a lightsaber duelist, though. His mastery of force powers was never his strong point. Yeah. I I would say that these Jedi are not nearly as focused on actual combat. They use the force much more. Well, yeah. I mean, how many times are they actually really fighting hand-to-hand? They're really not. Um, Aside from, you know, at the outposts a little bit, they're mainly in their ships. Um I guess we'll pause just a minute in the main storyline. What did you think about some of the um, descriptions of the lightsabers? Uh, they were... <laughs> it's it's Jedi porn. It's great. Especially yeah. Avar's description of, his lights, of her lightsaber. It was one that I'm very interested to see come to shelves. I yeah. want one well, quite it, a bit. It, but there's also some like you have, again names i'm so sorry but <laughs> you have the ugly lightsaber that was welded back together you have mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you have well but Jor- jorah's light a white lightsaber that was actually a corrupted kyber oh crystal my that god she decided. Dude, i'm so glad you remembered that because i i had forgot about that um what was that that alone made me think she was going to be a really important character and it's actually really disappointing what that was she her name Jor- Jor- jorah mall uh Goodness, um, I had her pulled up too. I wonder where I put that tab. Jor Lane. No, 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 no. That's that's not it. That doesn't sound right. Um, gosh, names. I hate this. I hate this so much. It really does <laughs> yeah, irritate me. Yeah, it's like me. being a. It's like learning Star Wars all over again. Jor Molly. I did have it here. So Molly. listen, Jor Molly is a Jedi Master who is supposed to be in charge of the Starlight Beacon. She's on the Council. She will be leaving the council to take over Starlight Beacon. She would probably be the equivalent of Mace Windu. Dude, she is insane. And listen, this story here, she has a white lightsaber, okay? And she she didn't even do it because she had to. She just did it. It was an experiment. Yeah, more as an experiment. She... It was a case study. She healed a Kaiba crystal of all the hatred and the despair that it, that it went through. And then she became attached to it, which how could you not? I mean, you literally healed oh, yeah. this living crystal. So that's what she uses. And, and here's the other thing, too. And this was interesting to me. It made it sound like she definitely has more than one saber. Okay. Because she's like, well, this oh, is just yeah. like. She's got a collection. You know, kind of like my primary saber, but my secondary saber is this one. And it was. <laughs> I mean, Jorah Molly, I of all the people that should not have died, she should not have died. However, however, it does leave open more for Avar Chris, who we learn at the end yes. is supposed to take over Starlight Beacon. Jorah yes. Molly was such a cool character, and I and I absolutely hate the decision to 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 off her. Take Skewer. I completely take Skewer. I don't care about that Trandoshi. Yeah. No offense, but I just do not care. I had to go back and listen to it again. I'm like, no, that 
I, I heard that wrong. There's no way. There's no way. It, she might not have been mentioned much, but she's too important. That didn't that happen. That sucked. Because she, she had it a did. cool story. And like I said, the turning of that kyber crystal, you're automatically on my list, man. You're on my oh, great yeah. Jedi list, okay? That's sick. Who else has done that? Uh, <laughs> like, like, stop and think about it. How many Jedi have actually done that? Yeah. I, and, and listen, just as an experiment. Not even because she had to. Yeah. She just did it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I hate. I I really I did mean, hate that. that. I, I was not a fan of of that particular death at all. But yes, as far as uh, descriptions of lightsabers and actually focusing all of on all of these little details, I loved it. And I said it before, not not to downplay the fact that these are still master swordsmen. I mean, they they clearly mentioned this multiple times. One thing that's kind of interesting is. Um, I forget what part of the book it is, but they're talking about just the act of deflecting bolts yep. with the lightsaber. And even what a Padawan says is it is essentially useless to fire at a Jedi because it is pretty much impossible to hit us. That is not seen in the Star Wars universe that we grew up with. Well, You still have a good chance of getting shot at some point. Y- so yeah, as, as we continue down the line, the, the, the main thing is, is that, yes, a Jedi can defe- de- deflect a ton, but eventually there becomes a critical mass point where this yes. much fire will eventually overwhelm a Jedi. And then we do kind of see it here with Porter because when they were attempting to stop the Nihil, Porter does get into a little trouble. He basically thought he took out one of the Nihil, but he didn't, and mm-hmm. basically had him dead to rights. And without Ember cooking the Nihil, I mean, like literally cooking yeah. the Nihil, which was gross, but cooking this Nihil, Porter probably would have been dead. Like Correct. a Jedi is not invincible, but yes, that it, again, I and I think I that would that's argue the, that would kind of go back to connection to the Force right. because. If he had been paying attention, he would have sensed yes. that Nihil still alive. 100%. But at the same time, they are so much more in tune to the Force that the time that they can deflect is probably much, much greater than any Jedi from Feels like the it. prequels. Feels like it. Like, they could probably go an hour, whereas Order 66, even the Masters were getting overwhelmed in just a few moments, you know? Yeah, and it's it's hard to tell, you know, sometimes with the differences in storytelling and whatnot and and inconsistencies, but whatever, let's, uh, let's continue to move on a little bit with our story here. Um, so we have some interaction with Lena. So and her cats, giant cats that everybody has to name individually. And we get a little bit more of her vision for the galaxy really wanting to bring people together and these great works. She's constantly, And I'll be honest here, I'm just going to say it, almost vainly is is like about these great works. And I I, kind of fear... It's a bit narcissistic. Well, I don't know know if I want to go that far, but like I feel unsafe for her. Like I feel like something will happen to her because of her sort of almost Mon Mothma-esque reliance in peace when clearly the Nihil are not peaceful and there's people who aren't, but like the Republic's just never learn their lesson. Do they? 
They never learn their lesson that, yeah, you don't have to have a mega space force. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't say space force. Anyway, you don't have to have a, a mega military, but you have to have something. You have to have something, at least something on standby. And now, granted... In this book, they did say, you know, you call up your planets, you call up Chandrilla, mention that, Alderaan, mention them, and they're more than happy to send people and ships, but listen, you kind of have to have something mobilized Mm -hmm. and training. This is how this works, Um, and, and we continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over again, and this is Lena. It, it happened on on the uh, on the first planet, which I'm sorry, I still can't remember the name of the planet. But we continue. Heskel. Yeah, Heskel. There we go. So we saw it on there. They had zero, zero mil- They had zero ability to save themselves. Yeah, and the actual defense force actually even calls yeah. out the governor on that. So, y- which 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 is kind of an overarching story. In itself, I mean, no one really wants to acknowledge it, but everyone's made that mistake. Yeah, that's just kind of where we first hear of it. Well, it, it's it's a fine line, isn't it? It's a fine line you walk between liberty and protection. It's difficult because the larger your military force, it can cause unrest in some ways. And if you're at a time of peace, it's more important to most people to focus on putting money into agriculture, outreach programs, ways to learn new things. Yeah. It is more important, but you always need a defense force. Well, and, and e- e- even option. if it's just like a mobilization, almost like militia, you know, you call up a planet, and you you get some people to help out. You still need to maintain and make sure that you are you know, refreshing yourself, training Having ships not spreading yourself too yeah. thin, <laughs> and, and the bigger your supposed domain is, the more you're going to have to make sure that you are adequately equipped. And they just they they are not adequately equipped for this, um, which is which is too bad. But again, we saw the same mistake being done in the aftermath series with Mon Mothma. Mm-hmm. It, it just it, it's unfortunate that we that we're not necessarily learning. And, and here's the thing: nobody really wants to have some huge military organization overarching everything. And that's something that we see with the Chiss, right? The 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 mm-hmm. divide between the civilian population, the ruling parties, and then the the military. But at the same token, you do have to make sure that you can keep your folks safe, man. And there there's yeah. always a potential threat. There is always somebody who I mean, won't fit Naboo. in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. So anyway, we know that Lena So has cats, by the way. So that's great. I don't think you've mentioned I, that. I you? think I need to mention it again <laughs> later. Yeah. Later though, later in the conversation. We are we are all the Republicans. Yeah, goodness, sorry. All right, so let's move on. So you know, probably the thing that annoyed me the most was when we have our our little military force trying to save the seven uh, members of a, I don't know if it was a satellite. Oh, yeah, the satellite, yep. Yes. Yes. Playing who can sacrifice themselves first. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and early on, the commander's like, I would totally understand if he said that we can't fix the reactor. He's got a lot to live for. He could just easily say, nope, can't be done. We got to leave. And... (laughs) 
He's like, I can try. He's like, we are all the Republic. Yes. Good job, boy. <laughs> yeah, that like, that was, I mean, that was tough because for, first and foremost, as a leader, you should be ready to make sure that your people are taken care of first. That's your job. Yes. But yes. the whole thing just seemed kind of like a bumble from one moment to another. Well, this happens, this happens, this happens. So yeah, that was a little bit. That was a little bit of an oddball, and that was um, that guy's name was Bright. Uh, I remember yeah. that name for whatever reason, which and that was sad because you had Peoples, and I remember that because I went to school with a guy whose last name was Peoples, who was one of the stupidest characters. He was. Hey, I'm going to make a joke on everything inappropriately. I don't understand humor. I'm good at it, but I don't know when to yeah, use. No, it. that means you're not good at humor. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, let's see. So we have the disaster, disaster semi-averted. We have the chancellor. We have the prediction uh, making storms. So now we know where to find the flight recorder. Okay. And then we have a little bit of the Nihil. The Nihil, uh, I, I, we'll talk about them a little bit later because a lot of this is like plans on top of plans. We get the flight recorder. We're able to, you know, figure out where more of these pieces and parts are out here. Uh, the Nihil attempt to extort a planet, a planet of hunter warriors, which was a really bad idea, and they weren't able to stop one of the pieces, so it strikes the moon, killing billions of people. Um, Did you know very early on that they were going to get revenge? Oh yeah, clearly. I mean that that was yeah, yeah. that was very clear. It's great. Uh, <laughs> gosh, the yeah the uh, the head of that planet who wouldn't want to mess with her or any other people, but yeah. specifically her. Um, and then I, I think we can kind of back off of the Republic a little bit here, and then just jump a little bit more into the Nihil. So the Nihil have um, three what are, were they Tempest runners, and then there are clouds mm-hmm. and strikes and. You know, then you have the eye who provides the paths and they're all stupid and warring with each other and they shouldn't be able to do anything that they're doing, but they do it anyway. And you probably forgot that. So we're going to remind you about (laughs) 20 more times about it. Yeah. Well, they're in constant conflict and you have Lorna D, um, uh, Panata and Kasav Milico. And let me just stop here and say, I do not care about any of these three people. Like at all. Thank you, because neither do I. I, I don't. I don't. Neither I don't do care I. about any of the <laughs> Nihil. Now, that's not to say that I don't care about the threat of the Nihil. I do not care about these people, and I hope that they are brought down and brought down hard. <laughs> yeah, this is certainly not one of those situations where it's an anti-hero. I'm not rooting for the bad guys. Care about no, them. I want them dead. <laughs> I want their families dead. I want their friends dead. I want their cousins dead. I want them all dead. All for Mari Santaka. <laughs> She's so nice. It's just not right. Yeah, poor Mari Santaka. I, man. Even when I got to that point, I even texted you like, man, this is a pretty dark book. That's yes. pretty... I mean, this is sad. <laughs> what was their music called? Uh, uh, it's not cyberpunk, steampunk, something punk, annihilist punk. I don't remember what they called it. Thrash punk or something <laughs> stupid like that. I did, I I did think know. it was funny when they'd click on the music in the audio book, and you're like, yeah. They're smashing bulbs in their face with whatever the hell they're doing drug-wise. And by the way, I'm sorry. 
if this is getting too graphic for people who don't like talking about drug use, but didn't you think it was kind of funny when they had to mention, like, yeah, this device is used to... For any type of nose. Yeah, whatever nose they have, this goes right in it. Sick. Uh, like, okay, I, I want you to explain how this works, but at the same time, I don't. So Let's not take any dumb. So dumb. <laughs> it's, and, and just the way they even talk about drugs in this book, it's like, yeah, they had a tray of drugs, and they were just <laughs> taking drugs all the time, and they were always hot. They're listening to punk and taking drugs. So... <laughs> Go enjoy the tray of drugs. Let, let's let's outline a little bit these these three um, tempest. I keep forgetting. Oh, let's. Well, no, I'm. I'm, I'm let, let me just say a couple of words. So we have Kosov, who's the idiot. Pan, Pan <laughs> who's fashionable. Pan, who is who's fashionable. Pan is the most the smart idiot. He's the most forgettable <laughs> idiot. And then Lorna. No, that's the Lorna's one. the survivor. No, I'm sorry. She's the stupid idiot. I'm sorry. She's the stupid I don't know. I, to be honest, though, I think she's probably the best prepared out of the three. I, and But she still gets bested so easily. Well, I mean, yeah. I shouldn't say a stupid idiot. She's a smart idiot. I mean, she thinks she's got everything figured out, and uh, it's just all... You're, uh, the the rug's pulled out from you're, you're, you're We're talking, though, about, like, lieutenants of a supervillain, like from a Marvel movie. They're all stupid True. in their own <laughs> way, but Lorna would be the only one that I would see that would actually survive. Kossiv yeah. was sacrificed, basically, yes. to help hide the rest of the Nihil. Uh, Kossiv and his larger force were sent up. He, I mean, Mar- Martian set him up to meet the Republic's force and they were defeated. All of them were killed. Um, you know, our planetary governor got her revenge directly on Kosov by just shooting him, which actually was really <laughs> stupid. Which, uh, it was an entertaining way of how they just killed him. It's it, like, it, Hey, we can make a deal. And she shot. It was entertaining, him. but it was also <laughs> extremely stupid because they could have gotten information out of him that would have helped. Yeah. Uh, so that was extremely yeah. short-sighted, but that's how it goes. But but Lorna, I, I I think she'll probably survive till the end. I think well to the end of Martian and however that happens. But but Pan, I don't know. Pan, I think they'll take out eventually. He's he's pretty mm-hmm. forgettable to me. But I think Lorna was the one setting up that. Well, and, and even Martian actually talks to her though. You know, yeah. he doesn't really talk to Pan or, or even Kosov. I mean, kind of cut part of Kosov's hand away uh, after Kosov attempted to, you know, shoot him. But Lorna's one that I think, you know, he obviously, Martian is on his own. And let's also pause here and say, Martian Rose, not his actual name. His name. And it doesn't matter. His name is, (laughs) it doesn't matter what your name is. Um, Yeah. (laughs) We don't know who he is, but. I, I think let's stop with the Tempest and let's start speculating on Martian Rowe. So Martian captures um, Loden Greatstorm, which was his aim. There are a couple of different things that I think about that, but let's just let's just stick with Martian because through talking with Loden, he takes out this rock staff, reforged staff that's purple. I mean, this is totally Sith, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or like he's like a, a and, knight brother sister, and he knows exactly how to make 
Loden weak by putting him in a room with other people to torture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, so I, I we, we don't really, we, what we know about his appearance is that he's got like slate gray skin. That's not really a descriptor of the Sith as we know it in like canon. But if you read like. Yeah, and his eyes are completely black, yeah. so we don't have Sith eyes there. Well, if you read like Revan, we, we know what the Sith, the species of Sith look like. So, but I'm I'm clearly putting him in Sith category, like somehow because they talk about his his heritage, um, and and the things that they had done, they just didn't really explain it, which obviously some suspense. But there's clearly something very odd about this. Um, but I will say this: one mistake that they made here, and this is a very egregious mistake in my mind. You're building this up to be your big bad guy. And and there was some um, interviews with Soul saying, like, I'm trying to make this bad guy on the level, and this is his words, on the level of Kylo Ren and Darth Vader. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's kind of a stupid place to, to shoot for because Darth Vader eventually turns good. And Ben Solo Kylo. in on Kylo is kind of a whiny baby and then becomes gets yeah. back to being Ben Solo. So you're saying he's going to turn to the light in the end? I don't think that that's the aim of Martian. Yeah. I think that was just like not necessarily a good descriptor. But for me, with Martian, the mistake was is as he is tweedling his little mustache and not quite telling uh, Great Storm all the plan... Loden Greatstorm. He doesn't do yeah, that. but he does still. Yes, yeah, stupid. <laughs> Loden is able to gather enough force energy to push him back and make Martian hit his head against a bulkhead or, or a wall or something. That should have never happened. It makes Martian look like a complete and utter wimp, like a complete failure. It's like, what? How? How? How am I supposed to fear this guy because he has a purple glowy rod? And because he's exploiting an old woman? No. One Jedi gets in there and does like a Luke Crushy thing. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and and the fact that he can even be pushed around when Loden is extremely weak. I thought it would have been neat I if mean, he would have used the staff to stop that. Like, nope, you can't do that. We, we know he's, he's yeah. not susceptible to the mind trick, although... It does say the mind to mind. Well, it does. It does say <laughs> that he thought about it and he wanted to, but he was able to fight it off. So mm-hmm. he's not like completely impervious to the Jedi abilities. Yeah. But that also tells you that he would be easily defeated by even a mind trick if it was a Jedi at full potential. Uh, <laughs> that's my point. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. he he seems like such a weak bad guy to me at this point, and really what he has going for him is the paths and a very interesting voice that Mark Thompson brought up. Not a bad voice. I know you didn't like it as much. I'm fine with it. It was, it, I don't it was know. almost it like was, Southern drawly. You know what I mean? It was good and bad at the same time. It was an interesting voice, but at the same time, it just seemed slightly weak to me. Yeah. Just a little bit. Well, um, I, and, and you know, it really is an issue because, they're setting him up to potentially be a Sith. I think Maybe. there's a good possibility that that was their goal, but then they easily allow him to be thrown around, and 
Jedi mind tricks don't typically work on Sith. Well, he, in fact, I don't think I've ever seen anywhere that that works. Well, on because Sith. the Sith are also so for, they're issue. they're force wielders. But the thing is, there yeah. was also a part in here where Martian said that the Jedi let his family down before, which makes me think more along the lines of like Dothamir and like the Night Sister type mm-hmm. of. Like magic, not really the force, but kind of the force, kind of magic type of thing. The gr- the grandmother reference makes me think of yeah, that quite. That's exactly that's kind. Of, but you know, it's like oh, but they're not like old Darth Molly, and it's like, who says they have to be? That's not all of the. I mean, the Night Sisters, <laughs> and were, that was. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I'm know, a Night Brother. When I was, <laughs> brother, I don't know. It definitely the ending of that changed my opinion of Martian quite a bit because up until then. I was forming a bit of a theory that Asgar wasn't necessarily his father, but we were talking some rule of two things going mm, on here. Okay, okay. That was my theory up until that point. And now I, I like the theory. I want it to be a thing, but I don't really think that it's going to be because of how easily he was pushed around. Yeah. There's one issue with throwing out anything Sith related though in the High Republic. And that's Yoda saying we haven't interacted with a Sith for over a thousand years. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then putting Yoda in this series where he would have interacted with this Sith. Well So that's it's it's it really messes with continuity. I don't. I. I mean. I personally like. I, I enjoy talking. I don't really think that this is a Sith thing. I think it's more. It, it, if I had to equate something to what we know, I think it's more like you know the the Night Sisters. But I would. But agree. personally, I actually think it's going to be something new. Like I think that this will be a planet somewhere where the Jedi failed, and I, I want to tie back into the vision that. Um, that uh, man had, uh, wow, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting his first name. That's sad. Elzar, Elzar man had, where he sees Jedi fleeing in fear. And what I'm starting to think about is, is this the past or is this the future? Because I'm starting to wonder if it's the past. If it was something in the past, something that the Jedi failed at, at this, you know, this El- Elza, or uh, excuse me, Martian, whoever his name is, like maybe their planet or something like that. Some other disaster that the Jedi were not able to um, stop or something. I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't... And and let me just say one thing no, about that. No, you I know can't. A lot of people say, are gonna think it. Can't say well, Jack, too bad. Go ahead. <laughs> too bad. Don't make me use a mind to mind trick Dang on it. you. <laughs> uh, let me just say one thing. Anyone want to call me out if I'm wrong about this? That's fine. This is not Order sixty six. This is not him having this little vision of Order sixty six. And I think a lot of people are going to assume hmm. that. I, yeah, I could see that. No, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think it is either. But like I said, I, I feel like it. I feel like it. Maybe it's the, the Force giving him something more from the past, so that they can, I would agree. so that the Jedi can stop it from happening here in the future with, with, um, with uh, Martian. However, let me just go ahead and say the positive. 
this is why you don't do prequels after you have well-established <laughs> sequels because we already know things work out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's even more difficult when you do a prequel to the prequels. I know. We already know. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and talk Yoda a little bit here. So Yoda is doing his youngling thing, sabbatical. They're even calling him ancient at this time, which I think is hilarious because of all... You remember all the fan artwork of like... You know, like, uh, oh, I think there was even like He's a slightly. Younger. Well, I think there was even like an official uh, piece of him. You know, like with hair or whatever. Was that was that official? Uh, the very the very long hair in a much might more not have been official primal, kind of more of a primal yeah. version of himself. Well, any anyway, how old how old was he uh, during the New Republic? Was it eight hundred at that point? Uh. Uh, roughly eight eight fifty. Is that what yeah, it was? So he'd be in his six hundreds, I believe. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's already taken. He's going through his midlife crisis. You know, he's he's got a Corvette um, that barely runs because he bought it from a you know a junk like a junk dealer out on uh, you know I don't know some planet, whatever insert planet here doesn't matter. There's a junk dealer on every planet. And he's like got the one headlight that won't pop up. He's he's, he's got his he's got his his uh, kids baseball team that he's you know the bad news bears that he's uh, he's coaching you know during the summer. The bad news band. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, the bad news banthas. So he's getting or the bad news banthas. Yeah, there you go. The bad news is many died. Yeah. So he's he's getting some t-shirts made out there as he's taking a sabbatical, trying to figure figure himself out. He's maybe doing some yoga at this point, maybe drinking some kombucha. Some yoga Yoda. Yeah. But you know, it's like what is Yoda honestly doing here? So he's just teaching? Is that all he's doing? Is he is, do you think do you think Yoda's disillusioned at all at this point? I'm interested to see what they do with Yoda. I don't think at this point he would be. Uh, I think that he would be in line with many of the other Jedi mm. of this era. I think he's going to be much more in tune with the Force. And have we ever even heard Yoda say the will of the Force? Because that is really, we kind of brush that off as a simple saying, but it's a really important thing if you're actually studying to be a Jedi. Yeah. Understanding the will of the Force is something that, again, any prequel era Jedi really didn't care about all that much, including Yoda. Well, I'm I'm just thinking that maybe this is around the time that Yaddle and him broke up, so he's just having a tough time. So he's getting in his Corvette and going to the drive-through, and you know, all right, all right, gained a few. All pounds. right, all right, all right. Hey, you know one other thing we didn't mention? Steel horses. <laughs> steel horses. The steelies. That they that they weren't a thing? They're totally a thing, man. And there's pictures, too, to prove it. Yeah. You know what's cool yeah. about them? They, when they, when they stamp around with their alloy hooves, they create sparks on the planet's surface. It's pretty sick. The only thing I'll say is that it wasn't used in as stupid of a way as I was worried yeah. it would be used yeah. because we've had fan art of this for quite well, a while. Well, Darth Vader had a and horse. It was <laughs> yeah. 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 
It wasn't as bad as I thought it'd be. That's the only thing I'm going to say about it, and we'll never mention Steely's again. Yeah. No, it was fine. It was just kind of a little... It's it's, it's worse than like the art. It's like, oh, charge on our horsies. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So uh, anything else we want to cover? Light of the Jedi-wise? I think uh, we've kind of bounced around I'm quite a bit. Sure, I'm sure there's going to be other references we want to make, but there's a lot to go through. It's This is completely new. In the realm of Star Wars for us, so it's a bit overwhelming. Well, ha- I think we've covered a decent amount of it. Yeah, um, I, I, I guess uh, a couple of names just to mention real quick: Buriaga, the Wookiee, our Wookiee uh, Jedi here, who was actually able to feel the um, the people that were in those fragments of the Legacy Run. Very interesting, and nobody can understand him, so that's sick. But he is except for his master. Yeah, except for his master. We look for him. But uh, <laughs> he he does comfort that uh, boy, uh, Serge. I think was his name. Who was yeah, who Serge. was hacking for inappropriate movies? Oh, yeah. it was all his fault. I did think it. Was, I did think one bit of writing that was really entertaining is when uh, tr- blanking on her name. Sorry, when the captain of the ship kind of calls him out on it's like yeah. And all of a sudden, all the boys found very interesting things to look at on non-interesting right. surfaces, like the wall or the. They're scene, trying to get the, the get floor. in those ma <laughs> ma movies, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, naughty boys. After midnight. After midnight. Yep. <laughs> um, we we already kind of mentioned her in Deer. We've got our military couple. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, blanking on. No, no, them. no. I, I've I've got them in a tab here. So Joss, uh, Joss, and uh, Pika Adrian. Um, mm-hmm. I, I honestly thought they were dead. <laughs> I thought that they were yeah, going to kill both <laughs> of them off or kill one of them off, but they survived a couple of, uh, couple of pilots that have a, a long beam, which is a class mm-hmm. of ship. And they helped out on Hetzel and, uh, we're, 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 yes. And they, they introduced us to cables that stretch to a molecular level to the point where you cannot see. Yeah. That was kind of interesting. You know what <laughs> here? They actually, they have a picture of the ship. I, I, oh really? Yeah, it's kind of. Um, well, that's cool because honestly, that is one. Kind of just looks like a ship that, like the letter I. <laughs> I, ca- I kind of wonder because they didn't really describe it. The letter well. I, like ice cream. No, it, it's it's just kind of a like a thin ship. It's got you know two of the you know like sort of motors on the back, the turbines on the back, and then you know kind of like a hammerhead on the front. Mm-hmm. So that's eh, interesting. Uh, they, they seem to be How small many? ships because they they were talking about crew complement was anywhere from like three to like a max of twenty. So they seem to be pretty small oh, was, ships. That's that's disappointing. I was actually literally just about to give you a quiz on. How many people it could hold because we heard about it like five times. Yeah, no, I, I remember some things, just not names very well. But yeah, it it um and it's twenty four. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see that now. Not a big compliment either. Talking about like only carrying like six missiles. I assume they also have lasers, yeah. but they they just they seem like um, I don't know more like a like an X wing or something. But but it seems like at least judging by this picture, it has a bay in it, so maybe it can hold vectors in it. So like a troop transport yeah. or something. The the starships were not all that great in this book, but. I think that's understandable. In some ways, I understand why, because, again, we can't do anything better than in the prequels 
before we run into the same issues that the prequels ran into. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but no, that's that's cool. But yeah, yeah, the 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 Adrians they were kind of an interesting couple. I assume we'll we'll hear more from them as we as we continue. Um, eh, we'll find out. <laughs> they were funny though. <laughs> um, yeah, they were. Indira Stokes. We talked about her. She is a. Thalothian, who was actually, and I don't remember her name, but we had one of those on the council, if you remember, in mm. the prequels. Um, and that would be, that's, I, I probably could figure that out pretty quick, actually. What's her name? I don't want to, <laughs> I don't, uh, is this the, uh, oh, I found it. Uh, Dia Gali, I think, is how we're saying that. Was she on the council? Uh, maybe she wasn't on the, no, 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 yeah, no, I think she was, she was a master. So there, there you go, whatever. But I, I just, I remember her from the movies. Um, so we could have, I think we'll have a little bit more with, um, with that particular Jedi. Again, I don't know if we'll go back to the, the outpost, but she just seems like somebody who could fit in there with, uh, with the next person, Bell Zedifar, who, I mean, let's face it, this guy, we're, we're going to follow this guy, right? We're going to follow this, yeah. this person for a while. And, and, and they kind of uh, almost overshadowed Avar with this character. They kind of did. Like. But they, they, they even said, I think Avar even made this too, this statement, this is a gifted Padawan who realistically is yes. now a Jedi Knight, you know? Yeah. But... um. Yeah, I don't know. Z- Zedifar seems to be pretty cool. It, it, he he does seem to have like a natural ability with the Force. Sometimes he's not like really fully cognizant of what well he's focused. doing, you know. But the Force is definitely with him. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's got a green lightsaber, so that's sick. I I imagine we'll probably hear more uh, from from him. Um, I don't know. Were there any other names that we? Oh, the Blythes. We, we were talking a little bit, a little bit about the Blythes mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if we, they come back up because uh, they come from money from Alderaan, and they just chose to live a, a simple life. Um, uh, this one thing to throw out the the Sentecas that we really didn't like oh. that actually. <laughs> Not not to try and add more negativity That's to it, fine. but you know, we do get we get a little more expansion on the Senteca clan through all this and you know, their origins, well, how they became ridiculously. Yeah, rich. we we have we have Marlo and uh Velis Senteca who are kind of like the the uh the main like the, the patriarchs of they're mm-hmm. both male, but the patriarchs of the Santeca clan, um, of hyperspace prospectors. But yeah, I, I'm yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably say that I I don't think we really we really are gonna like the Santecas very much no. going forward. And honestly, I don't know how much we're really gonna interact with the Santecas. I don't see them being a big part of any of the books. Well, we're we're gonna get we're I we're gonna get more of them Obviously because we're Mar- gonna have more. Well, I mean that my Obviously point Mari. is is that we're gonna hear more from the Santecas after we find Mari. Like somebody, my hope is is that a Jedi, I'm going to assume Bell is going to find Mari in her last moment type of deal. And that's going to be yeah. a confronta- uh, confrontation with the Santecas at some point. But yeah, they seem shifty. Very shifty. Very. 
very shitty. And honestly, I found it kind of odd how much the the Republic kind of relied on them for hyperspace knowledge. It's like they aren't really saying anything to us that wouldn't be readily available knowledge. Well, just felt kind of weird how much that, they that's not necessarily that. true, though. I mean, the, the the charting of the hyperspace lanes. I mean, if you find somebody who does it or who can do it, then yeah, you're just probably going to pay them and and pay no mind most of the time. I mean, that happens a lot. Um, so I I, I don't know, but yeah, I, I think they've been given a pretty big leash. Feels like maybe a little bit too much of a leash, just because they they yeah. have come up with so many of these routes or whatever. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, anybody else we want to mention? I'll think of someone right after we're done. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I'm with you there, but no, I, I think we've pretty much exhausted our, uh, our review for now. Uh, so, uh, uh, there is one more thing I kind of want to bring up something that again, I don't want to just focus on negatives. I thought this was a really good book. I really, truly do, even though it had flaws. There was one thing that I truly did not understand, and I believe the character's name was Skeel. you talking about... Start with an S. Are you talking about the master? Yes. Skier? Was it Skeel? Skier. Multiple S's. So... Like a snake. Let's just talk about this part for a second. (laughs) Uh, Very jarring death is talked about during this but what happens to him <laughs> we kind of mentioned this before we started recording what he is basically skewered to his seat in his vector yeah his arm is completely severed at the joint yep. which apparently his race can regrow arms yep. that's fine and let's he's, not even focus on bleeding he, out that's yeah, fine trandoshan <laughs> yep yes but I still would like something explained to me. Maybe I need to just go back and reread it, but how is it that he's skewered to his seat in his vector, which is a very small ship, by something small enough to fit into the cockpit of that vector without doing any damage to the ship itself and exposing him to the vacuum of space? Yeah, no, I think that, that that's, a, that's a good point. And obviously, we didn't really go through that, but essentially during the confrontation between uh, the Nihil and the Republic fleet, uh, Martian had fed a program into the Nihil ships that made them start doing micro jumps. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, it's, it's kind of a good thing because this is sort of like reminiscent a bit of the, the Holdo maneuver where yeah. they were using micro hyperspace jumps effectively as weapons, the same, not quite the same way that Holdo did, but similar. And uh, yeah, so that that's how uh, Jorah Molly was killed, was through one of these attacks. And Skewer felt that, but yeah, he, he, was, he was impaled by a piece. And now, I, I would have to assume that, you know, the ships have some sort of like... Um, structural shielding that would have kept out the vacuum mm-hmm. but yeah it didn't seem to me that that was Either very that or believable if it was just a shard of one of the nihil ships broke off right at the point of re-entry yeah. into real space and it just happened to hit the right spot just i don't know it was very jarring and confusing to me just, I, i'm, I'm with you i'm with you that that was uh, a little I, bit a little yeah. bit weird i think it was more 
I mean, they just wanted to use it for the shock factor yeah. instead of just focusing on Jorah, which I feel like would have been a better way to do it. If they were going to kill her off, I feel like we should have at least read how they killed her off. I really wish they didn't kill with her description. off. description. God, I really wish they I didn't agree. Have killed her off. I completely agree. I'm, I'm kind of that irritates me more the more that I think about it. I think I need to stop like it stop does. thinking about it because that was stupid. It's almost to like the points like, you know, she better just cut herself off from the force and didn't die and fled. Yeah, or it's just stupid. well, but, I mean it. But even that wouldn't be good either. It's, so. it, we we talked a little. We I, I mentioned Harry Potter earlier. It was the same thing with killing off both Tonks and and Lupin at the at the very end. It was stupid. It was completely unnecessary. Uh, to kill them both off, um, and even Fred, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, the skier thing doesn't really make much sense. I assume we're going to talk more about him. He is unique, being a Jedi mm-hmm. and a Trandoshan, uh, because it, it's semi uh, contradictory in a lot of ways. But mm-hmm. um, meh, <laughs> yeah, meh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's yeah. there's not much really to be to be said about it. Yeah, just an awkward bit of writing. I felt a like. little bit, a little bit. <laughs> so, so let, let's do some let's do some ratings here. Uh, we'll we'll rate the book. Uh, do you want to do out of ten or out of five? Let's do out of five. Let's do out of five. Yeah, because everything. I feel like this is an out of five book. Well, it, it seems to be a lot of books. So let me just run through a couple things here. So Goodreads has a four point two nine out of five. So you know that's basically you know getting towards four and a half stars out of five. Uh, Amazon, uh, let's see here, is four point five out of five stars. Pretty consistent. Amazon or Amazon? No, Amazon. It's a new website that <laughs> you've kidding. never heard I'm about. <laughs> uh, Google users give it a, an 86%. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, and even the Goodreads, that 4.3 is out of 1,129 reviews. And then... Uh, th- That's encouraging because I was kind of worried about how popular this would be I know. launch and how much yeah. people would actually be exposed to The it. Amazon was out of 712, but... Um, it's number two in the Amazon charts right now. Hmm. That's pretty, that's impressive. Just right behind the Duke and I. (laughs) I'm going to have to read that. I have no idea what that is. (laughs) That looks like a, like a, you know what that is. I don't know about that. The the next one, number three, (laughs) the Viscount who loved me, which is coincidentally, hold on, hold on. The Viscount who loved me is in the same uh, apparently the same like book series as the Duke and I. They're the same series oh of books. The Duke and I is book one. The Viscount who loved me is book two. Mm. Is the Duke the Viscount? <laughs> is is <laughs> yeah? Ju- Julia Quinn over here is killing it. She's got like three books in the top five. So good, good on you. I have oh, no wow. idea who that is. I, uh, there's another one, <laughs> number thirteen. She's killing it. 16 wow. she oh god she's killing it that must be i don't know it, it sounds like one of those nightstand romance books with that should have fabio on the on the cover well during this season of covid i guess that's all you really have to do that's funny number two on the mo- most sold on amazon that's wow that's cool very cool all right so what do you think rating wise and why well you go ahead nope. first you I always go first. first. You go first. Because I asked the question. I'm not going to. I'm not doing it. 
Okay, so um, <laughs> there are some obvious flaws in here in in the actual writing of the book. Um, with that aside, I do find myself thinking I could give that another go, you know, to rehear the story again. But because of some of the the writing style, it, it, it just doesn't mesh with me very well. That's a problem, unfortunately. I, I think that the, the constant reiteration of things over and over and over again, when you have a, a mind, you know, like a brain like I do, and that's a pet peeve, gets really old. Still, it's a good story, it, it, on to a great story, and I have characters that I really care about, so I'm interested to see them again in future works. I'm interested to see what Elzar Man's experimenting with. I'm interested to see how many times he kisses a Var, a Var Chris in the next book, or you know <laughs> maybe they're angsty. Um, I'm eh, I'm a little bit lukewarm on on uh, on Roe, but you know eh, he could he could pan out as a bad guy. He just sort of seems a little too emo. Uh, Loading Great Storm, you know, again, all these people are really, really cool. And um, I'm interested to see more about the societal, you know, type of thing that's going on. So it all seems very, very cool. And he is descriptive. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, just stop repeating yourself and then I'd be fine. Um, but obviously very worthy of a, of a best you know, New York Times bestseller, which it is, number two on Amazon, and generally good reviews. So I'm I'm happy to see that, and I think that that is deserved. And I'm and I'm interested. I'm I'm my interest is peaked uh, in the High Republic, and this is what we I think we needed uh, during the pandemic. I think that this would have made a difference, honestly. I think that this would have made a difference during the pandemic if we would have had these books to kind of go along with it, provide some different conversations. So Yeah, I agree. And it really does make you wonder why we had to wait, why it was delayed yeah. after reading. It's it's sales. It it's it's gonna be sales and the ability to actually get the books to people. I would have to assume that the the actual publications, like making these books, physically making them and, and so on and so forth. So, um, rating out of five, I am going to say uh, 4.25. 4.25, I think, is pretty fair. Okay. Yeah, I would say I, I agree with you quite a bit. The The writing style is an issue, and if you actually take that out of the mix and actually focus on the story itself, condense it down without the repetitive content of it i would probably give this book a 4.7 a 4.6 but because of that um some issues with marcion some issues with killing off a character that i thought had a ton of potential uh it's it is a good book but it does have some issues and i would give it a 4.1 okay okay yeah. But yes, I agree. It has got me very excited for the rest of the High Republic. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I think it's a good good gateway. And, uh, you know, what's great is that the next book... Scrolling, sorry. I just... I looked at it. Uh, Into the Dark 
is written by Claudia Gray. And yeah. we know Claudia Gray pretty darn well, all right? We know her writing. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to worry about repetitive yeah. crap with her. Hey, <laughs> hey, and guess what? You, you, you remember remember that Padawan that I was talking about, that Ralph Silas? He, he, he's, he's in this book. It says so. So <laughs> we're totally <Yeah>. seeing him. <laughs> Old, Hopefully, Avar. old Jor- Jorah Molly's uh, <laughs> apprentice looks like to be the uh, the focal point of that book. So, wonder if he'll inherit the saber. Well, the saber would That's be gone. gone. It was on her. Well, <laughs> I mean, just just <laughs> I'm shame. not gonna go in into uh, synopsis or anything. I, I don't like doing that, but. Um, but anyway, that I did notice that that's who we're going to be, maybe focusing on. So, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed all of this. We've got a ton more to go. Uh, next week we will be checking out the uh, younger reader book, <laughs> uh, A Test of Courage. Which will probably be probably be less repetitive than the adult novel. I don't know, man. We'll see. <laughs> but, yeah, we're going to go over it real quick. We are also going to talk a little bit about the High Republic comic that came out. So we'll go through that as well. Um, and then very, gosh, very soon after that, man, we're going to be pumping right back into, into the dark, um, you know, rocking some more, uh, new Jedi order. Uh, there's just a lot, there's a lot coming and going and the high Republic's here and I'm sure we will have a lot to enjoy as we go through, uh, 2021 and a lot to read. So it's a good yeah. way to start. The and year. of course this is. This is all just to tide us over until the big thing of the year, our review of Lego Star Wars, <laughs> the complete saga. Yeah, man. <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, anything else we need to chat about? Are we good to go? I think we are ready. Sick. All right, folks. Well, don't forget to follow us on all the social media, at TC Plan Podcast, Twitter, and Facebook, and Send us an email. Let us know what you thought of this book or any other topics you want us to talk about. Uh, email is tcplanpodcast@gmail.com. Again, all this information is in the descriptor of this episode. So feel free to check it out. And uh, yeah, we will catch you on the next one. Have a great rest of your week. And remember, we are all.